What a voice. Do you know me what? Me or that's, or oh, you, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, weirdly enough, that's one of the first records I ever had as a kid. I, I think I was obsessed with his hair. But yeah, well, you, you're on the way. I'm on the way, yeah. yeah I'm on <laughs> You've got your ponytail. Do you ever see the clip of him trying to sing the American National Anthem? And he forgets the words, and then he has to look at his hand, and then he got booed straight away. <laughs> look oh. her up, you'll see it. Hey, a bit more of a listen, here we go. It is hard on a Friday, and uh, like Alan, you all focus on his long mullet and thinning crown. <laughs> and sadly, it was the music that got forgotten. But anyway, we haven't. Uh, how am I supposed to live with Alan? It was offered to Air Supply first, but they wanted a change uh, in the verse. But Michael Bolton said, well, you're not changing anything. It's perfect. Uh, so Laura Brannigan took it instead. But the co-writer, Michael Bolton, would soon take matters into his own hands and become a soft rock superstar in his own right. So he wrote it and then offered it to them. Exactly. Oh, yeah, he, was, right. he was the writer and uh, offered it to Air Supply and Air Supply turned it their nose at and it. Because uh, wow. I, I love Gloria. Yeah. Gloria is one of my intro, num- you know, for yeah. when you're doing a gig. It's brilliant. That, that coming out, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I just yeah. come yeah. around yeah. and jump yeah. around the stage. Yep. It's, it me up nicely. Um, now, uh, by the way, just as, as, a, as a bit of a side note on that, I had the pleasure of interviewing on Sunday morning when I was doing that show. Uh, I spent about 40 minutes with Michael Bolton. Oh. And can I just say... He was one of the funnier and more self-deprecating uh, interviewees I've ever had the pleasure to interview. He was a wonderful, wonderful guy. I've loved these. And didn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, like these people, like, you know, um, James Blunt or uh, Rick Astley. Yeah. These people that are just so funny. Yeah, like James yeah, yeah. Blunt on Twitter or X or whatever that yeah. idiot's calling it now is hilarious. So, yeah. yeah, I just love those people that can do that with themselves. Uh, very good point, too. Uh, why, Wallace, do you never mention the RNZ app? When you are pushing iHeartRadio and Spotify, very good. Wow, was that somebody from (laughs) (laughs) RNC? David uh, no, I absolutely <laughs> apologise. Uh, my name uh, would be on the back of oh. um, um, Penny's eye, I've been thinking, would be Camilla Moochie Bottom. Oh, Moochie Bottom. Excellent. Moochie uh, Bottom. Camilla, Camilla, nice. I like, I actually quite like Camilla. And there is one other that I had to get him. And Ginger Bottom and That's Victoria me. Thomasina Bottom. And Thomasina another one here, bottom. I have Catherine Smutty Bottom. <laughs> Smutty. My first pet was a black and white lop-eared rabbit called Smutty. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. You're on the panel. Seems uh, just funny. Yeah. RNZ <laughs> uh, um, National, David Cormack was 100% right about Wallace's music choices. This is horrendous. Uh, it is so bad. Who? It is so bad. I shall be making a BSA complaint immediately. <laughs> Mike, better Michael Bolton. Who's that that's complaining? What's your Austin name? Mr. Yeah. Miserable Bottom? Yeah, the panel. Scorpio Bottom. The panel RNZ National. <laughs> uh, we have Alan McElroy and Penny Ashton with me. Now, if you sit on the Sydney waterfront, what will you see? You will see ferries crisscrossing the harbour, picking up passengers in the small marinas dotting the harbour. Auckland City, well, less so. Fuller's 360 will stop running services to Birkenhead, uh, Te Onewa, Northcote Point and Bayswater. Ferries to Gulf Harbour and Half Moon Bay will operate on a reduced timetable for over a year. Uh, AT was exploring options, quote unquote. This at the same time is a huge 
$20 billion transport announcement, a focus on the fixing of potholes, but also ramping up several bus routes like the Northwestern, which gets so congested it slows to a crawl. Paid for by raising the fuel tax by 12 cents a litre over the next three years. John Reeves is a public transport advocate. Kia ora, John. Good afternoon. And I see today another ferry service cancelled. Uh, the very popular summer link to Coromand remaining off water this year. So here we have a supposedly world-class city. Mm. John, is this good enough? <laughs> Look, quite frankly, it's not good enough. And, and it's amazing when you've had all these political parties, Labour, National Act, running out of these huge dreams of uh, 30, 40-year projects and the very basics of getting ferries running today. Uh, can't even be achieved. So I would personally say let's focus on what's right in front of our noses, sort that out before we start um, smoking anything from Northland and dreaming big dreams. And there, okay, John. Uh, <laughs> and but 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 let, let's talk about that because there is a school of thought, and a lot of listeners do actually say that. You know, we hear these multi-billion-dollar announcements on transfer from uh, both major parties, but really the essentials. The fundamentals are not getting fixed. Completely. You, you know it there. Basically, we need to fix up for the roads, you've got the potholes. For the ferries, let's make the damn things run and make sure the buses have got bus drivers and that the railway lines, the network's actually running correctly. Yeah, I mean, but like Northcote Point... Moment, oh, sorry, you keep going. No, so at the moment, we've just got... We've got um, you know, National Act uh, and Labour just telling us these mm. huge dreams and they're completely not focusing on what is actually an issue for public transport users right here and now. I mean, like, Northcote Point is so close to the city. Like, to have to get into a car or a, yeah. a bus, obviously, but, like, you know, to, it's like it's a minute, basically. You know, to me, that blows my mind. I did – I will say that I did look up in Seattle and Vancouver and, like – BC Ferries has cancelled 300 sailings due to staff shortages they have in Seattle as well. So there is something about this being a, a worldwide thing. But to me, it comes back to the fact that it's monopoly. Like, yes, yeah. look well, at new ferry you're operators. Right. What happened in Auckland is we allowed the Scottish company called Fuller's to pretty much monopolise nearly every route, uh, ferry yes. operation route in Auckland. And when they want to pull out, they just pull out. And, uh, and it, that's it. That's what happened. Yep. What we really need to do is, look, I would be strongly advising AT, let's kick pullers out. They can go back to Scotland and they can have some haggis up there. But yeah, bloody foreigners coming over here. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, Making and our ferries. Ruining our ferry services around Auckland. It's, yeah. it's just not on. Actually, it's disgusting. We don't need an operator like that who can't operate. Let's be fair-minded yeah. about this, though, John. Uh, this is um, tough times. We're post-pandemic, and uh, Fuller said, look, they are 12 crews short Whole of crew. a fully crewed workforce, 12 crews short. You know, it's very, very hard to get staff. It's very, very hard to do big maintenance. There are big upfront costs. It's, it's just hard to turn a buck. Yeah, but you've got to remember, they are a ferry company and they want to have their sort of monopolistic position they have in the Auckland market. So you think they could at least plan to run their services and they should be able to find staff if they pay the right right salaries. I mean, who, um, who decides that it's a monopoly? Can that not be cha- – I mean, AT is talking about trying to find alternative operators. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, it's very hard to just randomly magic up a ferry boat. And well, of course, yeah. So, you know, when they pull out, there's going to be no one there to fill in the void there. So the poor people of Birkenhead, Northcote yeah. and Bayswater will be completely running out of options apart from 
joining the roads and, and congesting up yep. the Harbour Bridge. Well, I would yeah. be very interested to hear from people uh, from Birkenhead, Te Onewa, Northcote, Bayswater, uh, the likes Half Moon. How, how are you reacting to this announcement? I was talking, mm-hmm. Alan, to a person who lived in Sydney for seven years who was saying just this morning, you know, every small marina would be really beautifully um, well, managed yeah. well, with a small ferry coming through, crisscrossing the harbour. It was very easy to get point to point in Sydney if you wanted to. They yeah. had staff shortages last year and they had thousands of people stuck. So it is something that is happening the world over. Wasn't there two ferry companies here at one stage? There Not was. was. There the, was the, yeah. yeah, so what happened, Explore 360 um, got purchased by Fuller's. And that's why it's called Fuller's 360 uh, now. Uh, so we lost, we won, lost, lost one of the operators. And you know we should never have put New Ze- uh, Auckland into that position mm, because well, um, ultimately AT needs to take them all back over in control. Because at the moment, Fuller's from Scotland are making a lot of money and turning it back into pounds and sending it back home. Yeah, so the people of Waiheke. Yeah, the people unhappy. of Waiheke yeah. are really appalled with uh, Fuller's. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think rightly so. We really need to uh, pull the pin out of fillers and just and just get rid of them. They are really a, a hamstring around our ferry operations in Auckland. What, what, how do you see this, uh, Alan, in terms of your allegiances to public transport or car use? That, how did you get here? A plane. Uh, oh, no, I, I walked here today. <laughs> I walked here today. Uh, but I normally drive. I live in the city and I have to drive because I have equipment and stuff. I did try transport, public transport, but I found it to be terrible. Now, last Which, time I tried it so. was 10 years ago. Just yes, unreliable. On. Stop right there. You the stop la- right there. The that's, a, that's a Spice Girls song. <laughs> Thank you, you start, very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go with the human touch. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you want to go back to Michael Bolton? But like, you, got to, you can't slip a sound system on a train. No, I'm actually just shocked that the last time you tried or did to try public transport was 10 years ago. Of yeah, any it time. was terrible. Yeah, because, wow. uh, because it was just bad. I, in Dublin, obviously, we have trains going all over the country. We've got tram system and we've got buses. Mm. So there's plenty of option. Here, if you miss the bus, yeah. you're not going anywhere. For a year, you know, And same as with the, the ferries. Mm. If the ferry isn't on, you're stuck. And that shouldn't be the way it is in a big city. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the weirdest thing is about it, out of all the uh, what the, uh, the different parties have said, they've all been selling us these dreams. And then you've got Winston just saying, well, just build the railway line to Marsden Point, something quite practical. Um, you know, and that one sort of hasn't been picked up by too much media. But uh, we, we are looking at like Labour and National promising four, five, six, twenty tunnels under the Waitamata matter in the next forty years, um, and those sort of things are just really pipe dreams. And we need to focus yeah. on things we can achieve in the next couple of years, like build the railway line to Marsden Point. That makes complete sense. So your your sense, you support uh, New Zealand First on that building that railway to Marsden. Well, why as a public the, transport the, advocate. Well, yeah, well, of course, because then you can actually extend uh, passenger rail out from Whangarei to Marsden Point, which is a huge growing community, actually, that's going to grow into a very large satellite yeah. suburb of Whangarei. Really we may it. well pick up on that uh, point uh, next week, John, but for now, kia ora. Thank you for your time. Okay, thank you uh, very much. Cheers. John Rees, public transport uh, advocate. Yeah, someone here says, I live in Bayswater with five other flatmates. We all rely on the lovely ferry to get to work and university across in town. Yep. Lake Road is a nightmare it's so bad living on this peninsula without the option of ferries is going to mean a huge amount of time sitting in traffic on a bus or in a car yep
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and on that, speaking of uh, traffic and chaos, that's what you're looking at right now <laughs> in Tamaki Makaurau. Oh. So just a reminder to be safe and um, allow for traffic. Two people have been seriously injured mm. and been taken to hospital after a major multi-car crash on the northwestern and a bus crash on the southern motorway southbound between Ellerslie Panyo Highway and Southeastern Highway. That's been causing delays Two. Also, there was another traffic incident on the northwest and a breakdown that blocked the right northbound lane between Lincoln and Makura Road uh, off ramps. Um, so just uh, be safe and do allow for time when you are travelling this afternoon. The panel RNZ National, as always, a pleasure to have your company. You can listen to us on the RNZ app yep. uh, on iHeart, Apple and Spotify. If you can't catch this show live, we have Penny Ashton, we have Alan McElroy to this. Sir Michael Parkinson, chat show host, died 88. His TV career spanned seven decades and he interviewed the world's biggest stars on his long-running chat show. A real icon who brought out the very best in guests, said Sir Elton. While David, Sir David Attenborough said he always wanted the interviewee to shine. Here is Parkinson being interviewed himself. It's a, it's a fascinating subject and it's not just a question of reading the research and thinking of an interview. There's lots of other things getting going into it, come into it, uh, and and you know, and I, and I enjoy watching interviews as well nowadays, particularly when they don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't always get it right. In other words, if you were me, what would you do now? Well, just wrap it up. <laughs> That's Meg Ryan. They did it in jail, but then I thought, well, who was the? Aotearoa version of Michael Parkinson. I thought, well, there's only one, and that is Mark Sainsbury. Mark, kia ora. Welcome to the show. Kia ora, Wallace. How I've are been you? I've the show on the radio New Zealand app. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> Thank, thanks for saying that, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, but look, um, Mark, Stephen Fry said the genius of Parky was that unlike most people, and most of them guests, me included, he was always 100% himself. Is that true? Yeah, look, I, th- I think he was. You did get that feeling what you saw is what you got. He, he had an interesting technique. He never met the guests before they came on stage. Oh. You know, how, you know yeah, what it's like, Wallace, when you're doing interviews, you're often going to the green room and you have a bit of a chat. But no, yeah. refused. Never met them. Never met them. Kerry Packer insisted on it, and he still stood up Kerry Packer. Um, but yeah, so well. he wanted that conversation to start when they met. And you know what it's like? You might start talking in the green room, and then I'll say, well, as I was saying earlier, Wallace, uh, yeah, that sort of thing going on. But it, it mean the conversation was really fresh. And as, just, as with the Meg Ryan one, didn't always work. That's a real, you know, that's just a nightmare scenario. Yeah. <laughs> well, doing an interview. I thought it was quite funny how he turned it around on her, though, and was like saying, look, so this isn't going well. Um, so how do you, yeah. you know, like I thought that was a, a good way to deal with it. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Uh, he was quite inappropriate with Helen Mirren, I saw. Oh, but I that was, was yeah. very, yeah. It is really funny looking at that. I, I watched that, um, that interview and it, it's, yeah, he, it was weird, but it was, it was almost like that was par for the course. That was acceptable. At that but, time. Yeah. And if, if people time. don't know, he said to her that she was the sex kitten of the Royal Shakespeare Company and how did her yeah. equipment, 
like which he, by he meant wow. her f- female bits, yeah. Yeah. which was like, dude, shush. He, he was quite ashamed of that. A recent interview, he said he was quite I'll ashamed so. of that interview. Right. Um, uh, but uh, let's bring Alan in. Yeah, no, it's interesting. We we watched him a lot as kids, uh, yeah. nearly every single week, and it was. Terry Wogan as well. They had a show, uh, and it's weird. I was I think I didn't. The email you sent was the first time I found out that he died. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, but recently, I was thinking while I was watching chat shows, is that he 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 made a show all about the guests. Whereas now it seems that the the hosts, whether it's Graham Norton or Jonathan Ross, it's a bit about them as well. They, you know, they still have to be kind of the star of the show. Mm. Whereas with Parky, it, that was never the case. He did like a really beautiful like voice, him. Mark. You, you, you never felt like he was trying to get that gotcha moment. You know how like, yes, he's yeah. yeah. and all of that. Yes. Waiting for the moment, I'm fighting, I'm going to get him and trap him. He was never like that. He would sort of work. I mean, they did a lot of research. They, they worked as a team, but he, um, but he, it, it was always that conversational. And you, I remember seeing one one of the reviews. Someone said he had on Eureka uh, Johnson. You know, she had that sort of famous affairs went all over the papers and that and they said he looked as though if she started crying he was going to put his arm around her you know he had that the approach that he took mm. was sort of mm. totally different and it worked and he, he, he exposed the nickname Golden Balls uh, for David oh, Graham. That, that first happened on Parky. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Because he often, he often just, my uh, sort of way of reading uh, Michael Parkinson, Mark, was he often just seemed to sit back and soak it in. I mean, he wasn't inquisitorial, yeah. was he? It wasn't that sort of style. No, no, it was, it was like a conversation. He tried to, tried to sort of, um, he tried to ease them, ease them into it. And you also got to remember the context. It was the, this was, it's pre-internet. I mean, TV was king. This was mm. most people in Britain and in Australia or around the world tuned in to watch the box. So it made him a colossal star. Mm-hmm. Although you never got that sort of, you know, star vibe sort of, you know, tosser thing about Parky. I mean, he, he loved what he did and he loved his cricket. Yeah, in fact, because he's from Yorkshire, my husband's yeah, oh, yeah. parents, my husband's parents drove back to Yorkshire to give so he could be born there in case he wanted to play for Yorkshire. <laughs> wow! So that's the oh, so I'm sure wow. he went and also Barnsley is my husband's team. So yeah, they could relate. On can, this I, can I ask you, Mark? Um, looking back, do you think his style is still relevant? Because it's very even the interviews, even the uh, perhaps more cultural, artistic is more cut and thrust. Do you think there's a relevancy still? Do, would people want yeah. a parky back? Do you think? I think so. I think yes, because it's not everyone. I mean, look, we all like a bit of blood sport once in a while, and you're watching stuff, and you're saying, "Oh, this is terrible," but you're sort of secretly liking it. But you also like sort of interviews where you know it, it, it's like looking at old films. It's the pacing. You know, you, you watch mm-hmm. an old film, and you think, "Gee, well, they would have cut that two seconds out of there with that distance." Same with that, and the pacing of the interviews, and and he was some. You, know, you, you look at the likes, like Andrew Denton in Australia, I quite like his style. He's a sort of a comedian, writer, and but he had, again, had a different sort of approach. Instead of that, that gunning in, you, you, you're just trying to draw something out of the people. You're there to hear their story after all, not to hear how clever your questions are. Yeah, and I think, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say uh, ex- exactly that because uh, you're thinking back, like if, if someone sat down to watch an episode of Parkinson, you'd be worried that they'd get bored because it's more a longer story than just punchy. But recently in uh, Ireland over the last couple of years, there's an Irish comedian called Tommy Tiernan and he interviews uh, people very much in that old-fashioned style where it's a conversation and he ends up bringing sometimes the tears he gets actual stories from them instead of just little anecdotes 
that promotes yeah. something and it's and it's really popular it's the most popular right. uh, chat wow. show over there right? yeah higher than the the long run and late late show because of that style Mark always a pleasure uh, and um, hope to get back back on the panel but for now uh, I'll let you get back to do whatever you're doing I'm getting back to the Radio New Zealand app well, yeah excellent <laughs> thank you thank you so Chicks much in the Mark. mail <laughs> All right, Mark Sainsbury there. Uh, it's seven away from five, the panel RNZ National. Now, to the end of the week, we have a new feature. It's called Friday Funday, where we profile a grassroots fundraising event, and you can email us uh, on yours. And this is where we shine a spotlight on that effort. And come November the 18th, our guest plans to ascend Mount Kakapuku not once, not twice, but 10 times in 24 hours, all to help people living with motor neuron and Huntington's disease and has already raised over $3,500, which will be split between MNDNZ and MS Waikato. With us is Ruth Milcrest, a neurology specialist and runner. Ruth, kia ora. Great to have you kia here ora. on the panel. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. Tons and tons of ways to fundraise, Ruth. Ruth, why on earth would you choose this way? Well, I, I did think it might be easier to do a quiz night a couple of times. <laughs> Ellen to host it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to do something really physically and mentally tough. Um, I thought if I'm going to fundraise for these conditions, then it needs to be something uh, pretty, pretty hard. Um, and yeah, I wanted to it to be a challenge for myself as well so yeah it's a local mountain to me um and yeah i've i've walked it maybe once or twice a year um and then this year i thought about doing a fundraiser um so i walked it twice to think to see whether it would be um doable and i thought with well, a bit of training it might be <laughs> so um yeah that's kind of where it started so I, that was about back in march Fantastic. Uh, they why, had the idea. Why did you want to raise awareness for motor neuron and Huntington's disease mm. specifically? Well, they're both conditions that um, I look after uh, down here at Waikato Hospital. Um, and they're both really uncommon diseases. Um, there's no treatment for either condition, and both of them are life-limiting. So... Um, yeah, just really wanted to raise awareness for the people I look after and also raise some funds for um, the gaps that are in our service at the moment. Um, and the real gaps that we can see are gaps with uh, supporting people with their psychological support at diagnosis. Um, there's a lot we used to be able to refer through to the GPs for uh, free counselling, and that's uh, been heavily reduced recently. Um and we can also um, refer them through to hospice for counselling. But again, that's not necessarily the right avenue when they're first diagnosed. So right, okay. Really, so and yeah. how much, what's your target, sorry, how much are you wanting to raise? Um, ideally want to uh, reach the $15,000 um, uh, mark. That's and, the plan at the moment. And how do we go and do that? Uh, well, you can search on the Give a Little page for Kakapuku and it will come up as the Kakapuku 10 Challenge. Um, there's also links on the Katapuka 10 Instagram page um, as well. Yeah. And is that Katapuka, sorry, and can yes. you spell that for everybody? Yes, it's K-A-K-E-P-U-K-U. Great. On the nice one, page. Ruth. Yeah, K-A-K-E. 
E-P-U-K-U on Gavidal. It's well worth it, isn't it, Alan? You know, yeah, it's... absolutely. Uh, like you, you mentioned quiz night. We run a lot of uh, fundraising quizzes uh, and uh, fair play to you for walking up a mountain because <laughs> a lot of these people wouldn't barely get out of chair for the coin toss. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, well done. That's, that's yeah. brilliant. And just that mental health to deal with such a diagnosis. I can't even mm. begin to you I've know, seen my, my, my friend's dad got it and he just changed instantly and, and it just deteriorated and it was horrible yeah. right. to watch. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, keep up the great work, Ruth, uh, and I hope uh, that this um, this small uh, piece on RNZ will help lift that, give it a little page for a, uh, what is a really well worth event. Oh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's been great. That is Ruth Milchrist, a neurology specialist and runner, works with people with a motor neuron and Huntington's disease. You can go to the Give It A Little page and that um, word again, just search for Mount Kakipuku, K-A-K-E-P-U-K-U. So um, she wants to run it not twice, but 10 times in 24 hours. Someone says, Philip says, I worked on the Parky in Australia series. He was so professional and an absolute pleasure just seemed very to work nice. with. Mm. Just, nice. just as Mark said, just what you saw is what you got. I can, mellifluous, I believe that's the word. Mellifluous yeah. voice. But I must say, bad. going to see that Helen Byrne interview, yeah. if you want to look at it, go up on YouTube and watch it because it is... It's quite uncomfortable. It's quite something, isn't it? It's, you, you, know, you me feel too sorry movement. for Helen. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. I think she dealt with it quite well. I liked how she said, what equipment? Do you mean my fingers? Um, and, he <laughs> sort of, and he looked at her breasts at that moment. And you just go, dude, like, you're, yeah, stop it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's good to his credit that he says that's something that he yeah. is embarrassed about because he should that. have. Good on you both. Well, you've yeah. been fantastic this afternoon. So have you. Oh, that's right. Well, well done. done. I'll just write that down. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and you can go back and listen to it on the RNZ and app. app. Thanks, Penny. <laughs> of course. Thank you, Penny. All right, Alan, Penny, kia ora to you. Kia ora. Thanks to my producer, Sam Hollis. I'm Wallace Chapman. I am back at 3.45 Monday. Lisa Owen and Checkpoint is now. Goodbye, Mr. Banjo Bottom. <laughs> Oh, it's...